Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. We're going to continue the series on Know Thyself. Today's topic is what is the human natural instinct and the quest for self-preservation. Because we as human beings inherit different sequences of DNA from our biological parents, we have our own unique bodies, personalities, spirit, mind, and abilities. Along with these traits, we also inherited instincts. As part of the process of knowing thyself, we must explore our natural human instincts to know what we need to do and why we're doing it. What is an instinct? An instinct is any innate behavior or fixed action pattern that we have without any training or experience. In other words, any behavior is instinctive if it is performed without being based upon prior knowledge or experience from learning. Instincts are solely based on biological factors. For example, let's look at the animal kingdom. Animals display instinctive behaviors all the time, which is called instinctive learning. Okay, animals have instinctive behaviors and it is called instinctive learning for survival. Let's look at examples of instinctive behaviors in animals. Making homes, nests, web, cocoons, hunting for food or what type of food they're going to eat, fighting their predators to protect themselves, parenting or raising their children, their young, mating, sexual behaviors, sleep patterns, whether they're hibernating, they're sleeping nocturnally at night, or they're sleeping in other settings, or just being territorial, protecting their space from intruders or enemies. So we see animals displaying these instinctive behaviors all the time. Now scientists have done some research and they prove that animals have other abilities beyond just their basic survival skills that are also instinctive behaviors. Now animals have displayed the ability to detect diseases such as cancers and diabetes. We're specifically talking about dogs, okay? Dogs normally are the one used to detect cancers or diabetes. And even dogs have been known to warn people of impending heart attacks and strokes. Now animals such as elephants, whales, hippos, giraffes, dolphins, frogs, bats, rodents, and others use high frequency sounds to find food, communicate with others, and navigate. Animals also display emotions with each other and people. Some of the emotions they display are joy, empathy, grief, compassion, resentment, anger, even embarrassment. Again, these instinctive behaviors are innate and are programmed into the animal's genetic code. It's inherited and passed down from one generation to the next. It's intrinsic, meaning animals raised in isolation will repeat the same instinctive behavior each time and in the same way. This behavior is fixed, inflexible, and unchanged by experience or environment. Based on this innate knowledge, animals in different parts of the world that are the same species will 
automatically perform the same instinctive behaviors at the same point in their development and when triggered by some event in the environment. Yes, animals also can learn behaviors through trial and error, memories of past experiences, and observation of others, whether it be other animals or people. These learned behaviors are extrinsic and don't occur in animals that are kept in isolation from others. Now, of course, animals that are placed in unnatural, artificial environments will have to adjust and their behaviors may not be instinctive, okay? They may have to learn different behaviors for them to adapt to this unnatural or artificial environment. And also animals that undergo some type of mutation, maybe due to exposure to chemicals or unnatural environment, you know, some of those animals may also have to learn their behaviors because they may lose, you know, their ability for them to behave like other animals. Okay, now the question is, do people have inherited instinctive knowledge as well? Are we born with natural instincts that dictate our behaviors that are unchangeable and permanent? That's the question. Obviously, humans have physical reflex, which is an automatic response to a stimulus, a situation or circumstance or a trigger that does not receive or need conscious thought. We have primitive reflexes during infancy These reflexes allow human babies to automatically react to their environment before they learn it from others. Now, what are some of the natural primitive reflex that babies display during infancy? The suckling or the sucking reflex, all right? Now, if you put a child next to your chest, okay, or if a child gets hold of your clothing, any item, that child will instinctively suck on it. Okay, anything that touches that child's mouth, they will try to suck on it, all right? That is the sucking reflex because they have the need to breastfeed to eat. So, you know, anything that passed by their mouth, they start suckling on it. Okay, we have the rooting reflex. Any newborn baby will turn his or her head toward anything that, that strokes the cheek or the mouth. It's called the rooting reflex. Now we have the palm reflex or the grasp reflex. When an object is placed in a baby's hand, the child will automatically grab it. Okay, the child will automatically grab it. So we inherit biological, biomechanical, and biochemical behaviors. Okay, these are reflexes. Reflexes are simple responses to a specific stimulus on a physical or physiological level. Okay, now simple basic reflexes could be, you know, you contracting your pupils in response to bright light. The automatic movement of the knee when tapped. Okay, or blinking your eyes to response to a dust or object. Sneezing in response to an irritant in the nose. These are basic physiological responses that we have are called reflex. We don't think about it. We automatically, we do these things. Now, let's talk about natural human instincts. We just talk about reflexes. Now let's talk about natural human instincts. Now, scientists cannot agree if humans have similar inherited instincts like the animals. Okay? However, there are some areas where it can be seen that 
most humans behave in a similar way. Now, we could say that most human beings have these basic instincts, these basic instincts that facilitate the human survival and existence. All right. We're going to go ahead on and break down these basic human instincts that facilitate and promote human survival and existence. Again, we said the majority of human beings, the majority of the human race, irregardless of color, ethnicity, nationality, class, educational differences, we're going to have most human beings adopting or displaying these basic human instincts. All right, let's start. The first one is survival instinct. Okay, now the survival instinct is an instinct that most human beings display. They have the need to survive, the need for them to self-preserve their life, self-preservation, all right? Survival instinct is self-preservation. People will keep their life at all costs. People want to prolong their lives at any cost. They will go to great lengths for them to survive any calamity, any natural disaster, any type of trauma that they are exposed to. The need for survival, okay? The human survival instinct is very strong and very powerful. And we see that most human beings will exercise all means to protect and preserve their life. Okay, so we have the natural instinct of survival. Okay, now like I said, most human beings will engage in the survival instinct. Most human beings, they will protect their lives at all costs. They will fight for their life at all costs. They will try to sustain their lives at all costs. Whether it be taking medication to sustain their life, whether they have to get some type of treatment to sustain their life, or whether they have to eat certain types of food, whatever it is that they need to do to prolong a long, healthy life, they will do it. And this is due to the survival instinct. Okay, like I said, most human beings on this planet will exercise the survival instinct. But we do have a small minority of human beings who do not value their lives. Okay, who are not connected to the survival instinct or who are not displaying the survival instinct because some of them are committing suicide, meaning that they are taking their own lives because they don't value their own lives. All right. There are many reasons why they don't value their lives. Maybe because, you know, they are brought up in an environment where their lives are not valued and they are not valued as human beings, as people. And because they are not valued, then they're never taught how to value themselves. Now, if they allow the survival instinct to kick in, even if they're not valued in society, even if they're unwanted, even if they're rejected, now they would allow the human instinct to kick in, the survival instinct, that would automatically make them value their lives. But unfortunately, when people are exposed to repeated, consistent trauma, all right, and they are living in abhorrible conditions, 
okay, that are inhumane and their human rights are being violated, some people can give up and become hopeless and powerless and don't want to be here. Some people, because they're, they're exposed to so much pain and suffering that they don't want to continue the human experience. So therefore, these people are detached or disconnected from the survival instinct. Okay. Now, some people uh, commit suicide immediately, meaning that suicide, death is imminent, whether they're taking pills or they're shooting themselves, you know, or they're doing violent things to end their lives immediately. Other people commit slow suicide, where they're eating improperly or poor nutritional food, they're taking drugs or consuming too much alcohol, okay, or they're working themselves to death. So we have a group of people who also commit slow suicide. Obviously, they're not connected to the survival natural instincts. Okay, continuing on to the next natural human instinct is sexual instinct. The majority of human beings have the need to connect, relate, and bond to other human beings in a sexual relationship, okay? Most human beings would like to have a sexual relationship with each other, all right? They have this desire, this deep innate desire for them to connect with other human beings on a sexual level. They want to share the sexual intimacy, okay? They want to be able to feel another human being's physical body, emotions, and be able to share with the other human this sexual experience. Unfortunately, we do have some human beings, I'm sure it's a very small percentage, who want to practice celibacy, all right? Who do not want to have a sexual experience with another human being. Other people may have low sex drives or low libidos. It's not that they don't want to have a sexual relationship with another human being, it's that they're not able to connect with another human being on a sexual level. Okay, other people who have been sexually abused in the past, who've been raped, who've been molested, who've been victims of incest, sometimes they detach or they disconnect from their sexual instinct because they're afraid of sexuality because they were abused or exploited. Okay, but most human beings who are healthy, who haven't gone through any type of sexual trauma, the majority of them yearn and they need and they want to have a sexual relationship with another human being. Okay, let's go on to the hunger instinct. Hunger instinct. Yes, now hunger, let's, it's a biological need, okay? We're not talking about, you know, an emotional or mental need only here. We're talking about a biological, physiological need. We need food. We need proper nutrition to fuel our bodies, to give our bodies energy so we could function properly, so we'll be able to experience life on every aspect, okay? So the hunger instinct is the need that you have to eat, for you to consume food, okay? All, every human being have that hunger instinct. You're hungry, you wanna eat, Okay, you have to feed the body. You have to give the body its proper nutrition so you'll be able to have the energy you need to have the life that you want. Okay, the hunger instinct is part of the survival instinct because without food, 
you're not able to physically survive. Okay, now some people, we have a small percentage of people who actually starve themselves to death. These people have eating disorder, especially a disorder known as anorexia. Okay, they have all type of body uh, dis, dis, um, disorders and body image disorders and they starve themselves to death because they believe that they're too fat. All right. And you also have people who have mental and emotional health problems who also starve themselves to death. Okay. But they're going against their survival instinct when they do that because the survival instinct tells you that you have to survive at all costs. So obviously this, these small percentages of people who are starving themselves to death are going against or are detached from the survival instinct. So the hunger instinct is very real. Most people cannot survive very long without eating. Okay. Now you do have some people who go on fast for religious purposes or for health purposes. They do go um, through a special occasion where they fast and they sort of like not engage in food. All right, but it's for a particular reason, for a specific time. They're not just going to starve themselves. So the hunger instinct is a natural human instinct that we have to eat. All right, we're going to continue with the reproductive instinct. Reproductive instinct. This is part of the survival instinct. Okay, now the majority, if not all human beings, have the need. They have a natural human instinct that drives them, that influences them, okay, to want to produce a child. Okay, they want to have a baby. They want to continue their biological and genetic legacy. They want to never die. This is a form of immortality. As long as you have children, your children are going to continue to have children. Your genetic legacy will continue. So most human beings have the need for them to reproduce. This is called the reproductive instinct. At some point, okay, the reproductive instinct starts kicking in. It makes people want to have children. And sometimes people don't even know why they get this sudden urge to reproduce. I want to have children. I want to have children. Why? Because it is a natural human instinct for us to reproduce. Okay? We want to reproduce. We want to continue living from generation to generation. We want to continue our biological and genetic legacy. Now, we do have some human beings who do not want to produce who do not want to have children. These human beings are disconnected from the reproductive instinct or they're detached from it or they they unplug themselves. They have the desire, but they choose to override it. They don't want to have children. And you have another group of people who are infertile or sterile. They cannot have children, even though they do have the, the, the natural human reproductive instinct, but they're not able to act upon it because physiologically, biologically, they're unable to reproduce, okay? So reproductive instinct is one of our basic human survival instincts because for you to reproduce, you are ensuring your survival on a genetic biological level. So after you die, you have your children, 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 children to replace you. So reproductive instinct is one of the basic survival instincts that we all have as human beings. Some people act upon it and some people choose not to. 
unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, reproductive instinct have been cut off. Okay, because some of these people are engaged in behaviors that are very self-centered and selfish. They want to be able, you know, just to do things that that um, frees them. Okay, from taking responsibility. So you have some people they 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 have the reproductive urge or instinct to reproduce, but because they are living a very self-centered life, they don't want to take the time out of their self-centered life to provide care and nurture for a child. So you have a lot of people committing genetic suicide by choosing not to have children. And by the time they do choose to have children, it's too late. You know, they can no longer, they become sterile and infertile. They can't produce. So the reproductive instinct is one of the basic human instincts that we have. All right. Now with the reproductive instinct come the maternal and paternal instinct. Now, once you are urged by your reproductive instinct to have children, once you have the children, we have the maternal and the paternal instinct that kicks in. Okay. So majority of parents okay, want to protect, nurture, love, and guide their children, okay, this is a natural instinct to protect, nurture, guide, and love their children, all right, they will not hurt their children in any way because they want their biological genetic to continue to go on from generation to generation, and they know the only way they can do that is to protect, nurture, heal, guide, and just give their children the best life has to offer. So this comes from the maternal and the paternal instinct. Okay, we have a natural paternal and maternal instinct to protect our children, to nurture, to love, to guide, and to teach them because they are going to replace us in the future. They are going to be the ones, you know, to create a future for us. All right, now, unfortunately, we do have some parents hopefully a very small percentage who don't have that paternal maternal instinct. They're disconnected or detached from that paternal and maternal instinct. Why? Some of these people who have no maternal and paternal instinct, they were cut off or detached from that because they were abused as children. Okay? They were neglected as children. All right, they were abandoned as children because this happened to them. Now they have no maternal or paternal instinct. They don't know what it is to have a loving parent. They don't know what it is to have a healthy relationship with a loving parent. So these people turn around and they abuse their children if they have any. They kill their children. They abandon or neglect their children. And fortunately, it's a small percentage and it's not, you know, this is still unfortunate because no parents should, should do that to any child. All right. But hope we're very thankful that the majority of human beings nurture, love and protect their children and they don't abuse, neglect, abandon or kill them. All right. But a lot of people who were abused as children or who were raised in a very dysfunctional home, they are cut off or detached from their maternal and paternal instincts. Okay, continuing, we're gonna go to the social instinct. All right, some people, okay, most people I should say, are very social beings. They're social creatures, 
all right? They want to socialize. They want to communicate. They want to connect. They want to bond with other human beings. So this is called the social instinct. As human beings, we have a social instinct, a deep desire, a deep longing and yearning to connect and bond and relate and communicate and spend time with other human beings. We are social creatures, okay? We tend to want to live close to one another. We want to build with each other. We want to eat with each other. We want to do things together. We value the time that we spent with other human beings. So the social instinct is the natural human instinct that tells you, hey, you need to connect with others. Of course, there are times when you spend time by yourself, okay, in self-reflection and meditation and doing activities that you enjoy on a solitude basis. And there's nothing wrong with that. But because of the social instinct, a time will come and you will feel the need. You're going to be propelled to get out there and socialize and mingle, communicate, and be with other human beings. All right. Now, some people, small percentage, you have a small percentage of people who tend to isolate themselves or who are considered to be antisocial. They don't like to communicate with people. They don't have good communication skills. They don't have good interpersonal skills. These are the people who are mean and grouchy. These people are shy or these people are withdrawn. And usually they're like this because of some past trauma, some type of pain or some type of um, problems that they encounter growing up or, you know, in their young adulthood. Okay, you have people who isolate because they are afraid to deal with other people because, you know, they don't have the social skills that they need and they never learn the social skills, the communication skills, the interpersonal skills that they need to deal with other people. So they detach or they ignore the social instincts that they have. Okay, I mean, they still have the need to socialize and connect with other human beings because this is how we grow. This is how we blossom. This is how we experience joy, you know, by socializing and connecting and building with other human beings. I'm sure you all heard this phrase, no man is an island. Okay, we don't live in isolation. We live in communities where we build our homes close together so we can socialize, talk to, connect, and relate to one another. But we do have a small percentage of people who are what we call antisocial, <clears throat> who are disconnected from the social instinct, from their natural social instinct. All right, the next one is <clears throat> cultural instinct. Okay, we're going to talk about the cultural instinct. As human beings, we have the natural culture instinct that tells us to express ourselves through the arts, whether we're expressing ourselves through music, we're expressing ourselves through dance, we're expressing ourselves through visual arts, okay, we're expressing ourselves through writing, poetry, okay, we have that, that natural instinct to express ourselves in a cultural way, to discover the talents that we have to be able to express ourselves as human beings. All right, this is a natural ability that most people have. Okay, even if most people don't have one 
talent per se that they can use to express themselves or they haven't identified the talent yet, they can appreciate other people who have those talents and who are sharing those talents. They could appreciate the singers and the artists and the dancers and the athletes. They could appreciate the people who use their natural abilities to entertain others and to share with others. So we all have a cultural instinct. We have the need, okay, for us to express ourselves, for us to manifest different things and that are part of our imagination or our creativity. Unfortunately, we do have people who are not interested in that. We have people who don't want to discover any talents or don't want to express themselves on, on any type of artistic level. We have a small percentage of people who don't even want to engage in that. All right. So, but it is a natural human instinct to engage in cultural activities. It's a natural ability that we have. It's a natural instinct. We have the need, okay? You play music, you see people come, all right? You see people dancing, people come. You see people are singing, people come. People are reciting poetry, people will come. They gravitate those that activity because it is part of their natural instinct to want to partake or want to be part of that or to want to share that. All right, the next instinct we have is the pleasure instinct. Yes, as human beings, we have the pleasure instinct. We want to avoid all pain, all suffering, all negative reactions. Now, we do understand that those things are part of the human process. Okay, in order for us to grow, in order for us to learn, we have to go through some pain and some suffering, some uncomfortable situations. But our goal is to hurry up and get through that for us to get back to the pleasure instinct. So we have a natural human instinct to engage in pleasurous behaviors. Okay, we want to engage in behaviors that brings us happiness and joy and pleasure, happiness that makes us feel good. We want to engage and entertain activities that makes us happy that brings us pleasure. So due to that pleasure instincts that we have, most human beings, if not all human beings, okay, love to engage in pleasurable activities. We want to avoid all pain. And unfortunately, some people go to all kinds of limits to avoid all pain. Okay, some people do engage in alcohol and drugs in order for them to numb themselves, for them not to feel the suffering for them not to feel the pain or the heartache all right now that's not natural as well so the pleasure instinct you know is letting you know the goal is to experience pleasure the goal is to be in harmony in peace in joy and in, in love okay but if you have to go through the pain then go ahead on and go through it learn from it resolve the issue and move forward all right so the pleasure is instinct is a natural human instinct but sometimes people try to avoid all pain okay by any means necessary so they will go straight to the pleasure instinct but unfortunately we can't always do that so we have to embrace the moments of pain sometimes we have to recognize that those moments bring us lessons to teach us so we can build up our emotional strength and our physical strength and to improve ourselves all right so it's okay for us to feel pain 
But the goal is not to continuously feel pain. The goal is not to get stuck in the pain. We have to pass that moment of pain and enter into the moment of pleasure because that's the goal. Ultimately, that's where we want to be as human beings. We want to be in the pleasure instincts. Now, unfortunately, again, we do have a small minority minority of people who are what we call uh, their kind of what they call uh, their their uh, pain their their pain seekers. All right, they're pain seekers. They inflict pain on themselves or they inflict pain on others, and they get pleasure out of that. We call these people, you know, they're, they're misogynistic, misogynistic. You heard sadists and masochists. So they're the masochists. Sadists like to inflict pain on people and get pleasure, specifically sexual pleasure, that, that. So you have, you know, people who are also emotional sadists, you know, even though, you know, they're not physically inflicting pain on anybody, but emotionally they're inflicting pain on others and, and they like it. You know, they get a rush, they get a thrill out of that. And then we have the masochists, on the other hand, are people who like to receive pain, okay? Who like pain being inflicted upon them. So these people are the extreme. And usually people who are masochists and sadists, they've experienced some type of trauma, especially during childhood, all right? And and they've gotten conflicted messages, all right? Somehow they think the pain, you know, is in both. And the pain is is what validate their existence. The pain is what brought them the attention. So they're going to relive this moment over and over by seeking the pain. Because they associate the pain with pleasure. So they think that they can't have pleasure without pain. All right. So these are people who are very confused. They're very confused. All right. They, 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 They intertwine pain with pleasure. Like people tell you that love hurts. No, 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 no. Okay, love is a pleasurable thing. Love has nothing to do with pain and suffering. Now, through the love relationship, sometimes we do have misunderstanding that can lead to pain. We could have people who betray people that can lead to pain. You have people who manipulate and hurt people that can lead to pain, but that has nothing to do with the love relationship itself. Okay, love is totally distinct and different from pain and suffering. Okay, but these people who are sadists and masochists, they get it twisted. All right, so the natural human instinct is to seek pleasure. It is not to seek pain and suffering. All right, but we do live in a society where things are twisted and pain and suffering are presented as an option. Like, you know, hey, it's okay for us to suffer. It's okay for us to go. It's the end goal. And people will do things deliberately to hurt themselves or to suffer because they think, oh, it's an acceptable way of living. It is a acceptable lifestyle. In reality, that goes against our natural instinct to have pleasure. Okay, that goes against our natural instinct. It is not a natural thing. It becomes an artificial appetite. Okay, if we live in an artificial society, artificial societies create artificial appetites. And we get those things confused because we think it's natural. Just because everybody's doing it. Just because it's socially acceptable, we think it's okay. Now, perfect example is the television. Okay, in movies, we see a lot of violence in the movies that we watch. You know, we see a lot of aggression. We see a lot of suffering. We see a lot of human degradation, okay? And some people 
you know, are sitting in the movie theater or in front of their TV at home and they're laughing. Okay, I mean, they're, they're having a good time. They enjoy themselves. But they forget that they're watching human degradation and suffering and misery. All right? And in their mind, they rationalize it. Oh, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. But it's not just a movie. Those movies that are depicting violence and aggression and human suffering, they're desensitizing you. Okay, to pain. So now they're making it more socially acceptable for you to live in an environment where you're constantly going through pain and suffering. So if you live in constant poverty, if you're living in a dysfunctional family, if you're living with drug and alcohol addiction, if you're living with emotion and mental health problems, if you're living in a society where you're not valued and you're being discriminated, you're being oppressed, okay, you're living in pain. There is no pleasure here. Okay, you're working against the pleasure instinct that is natural to human beings. You're not experiencing pleasure if you're constantly living in pain. And because, you know, the society refuses to change, now it forces people to change, disconnect them, detach them from their pleasure instinct and make it socially acceptable to live in chronic pain, with chronic pain. All right, the last one that we're going to talk about is the social protection instinct. As human beings, because we're social beings, because of the social instinct, we have a social protection instinct, all right? Most people, the majority of people, are very empathetic towards each other. They're compassionate. They feel sympathetic towards another human being who is suffering or who is going through something. All right. So social protection is a natural human instinct. Okay. Unfortunately, okay, because of the manipulation, mind control that has been inflicted in the society, people have been tricked now to become very, very selfish. People have been manipulated to become very greedy very self-centered and we have a lot of narcissistic people walking around it's all about them they have no compassion for other human beings it's about the the survival of the fittest the best one will make it you know very competitive very aggressive you know we live in a very capitalistic society people become capital people are seen as things and objects to be used and abused for personal gain So because we live in a very capitalistic society, a society that's based on power and control, domination, survival of the fittest, you have the very few that's controlling the very many. So a lot of people are made to be disconnected, detached from the natural social protection instinct, right? So let's review one more time. What are the natural human instincts that we have as human beings? All right, we're going to review them real quickly. We have the survival instinct. We have sexual instinct, hunger instinct, reproductive instinct, maternal, paternal instinct, social instinct, cultural instincts, pleasure instinct, and social protection instincts. That's what we have. Now, obviously, even though the majority of people may share similar biological, emotional, or mental instincts, humans have the ability to override these instincts under many situations or circumstances. Even though this decision will jeopardize their existence and survival as a race of people, 
Again, we just discussed it. All right. Even though the majority of people will have these natural human instincts, they will be connected to this instinct and these instincts will propel them. All right. Will influence them to want to engage in activities that is going to help them be more human. Okay. These behaviors that we just discussed, they're going to humanize people, not dehumanize people. But unfortunately, you still have a minority of people who will disconnect and detach, you know, from these natural human instincts to go out and do whatever it is that they want to do, even if what they want to do is against their well-being. Okay. Now, it is obvious that the most basic and important instinct is what? The survival instinct. The survival instinct is the foundation of all instinct. Now, if people would practice the survival human instinct, then all the other instincts would fall into place. Once people start compromising on the survival instinct, it becomes a problem, right? Now, this is the number one of, of, of all the instincts. It is the one of the priorities of all species or living organisms. I'm going to say it again. This is the number one priority of all species or living organisms. It is our social responsibility and obligation to what? Survive as individuals, okay? Survive as a family unit, survive as community, survive as a nation, and survive on the planet, all right? So it is our number one priority to survive. And our survival is based on what? Our survival natural human instincts. Okay, again, our survival depends upon what? Our survival natural instincts. Okay, all of our natural resources, wealth, social institutions, political ideologies, religious doctrines, educational pursuits, or technological advancement should be for the survival and preservation of humanity. Okay? All of that should be for the survival and preservation of humanity. Now, let's give a perfect example of self-preservation and collective survival instincts. All right? Collective survival instincts. Now, our human bodies are made up of trillions of cells. These cells are the building block of all living things. The cells provide structure for the body and have specialized functions. The cells come in different shapes and size. We have blood cells, nerve cells, muscle cells, fat cells, skin cells, stem cells, sex cells, and others. These cells come together to make tissues. Tissues come together to make organs. Organs come together to make systems. Organ systems work together to create an organism and keep the body alive and well. So these organs come together and have system. Some of the systems are the respiratory, the skeletal, the muscular, the nervous, the endocrine, cardiovascular, the lymphatic, the digestive, urinary, and reproductive systems. We have all these things working together. Now each cell in the body has a specialty and role to play. Okay, the cell and the skeletal system have a different role and function from the cell in the immune system or the digestive system. Okay, and it goes on and on and on. Now, very important for us to remember, when a cell becomes rogue, 
All right. Now, remember, we're talking about collective survival and self-preservation. All right. You have all these cells coming together to work as one unit in order to give the body life, in order for the body to survive. This is a collective effort. Every body is working together. Every cell in that body is working together. Now, when a cell becomes rogue, what is rogue? Deviant, rebellious, confused. And and it decides to not follow the protocol of survival of the organism. It becomes what? It becomes a cancerous cell. Okay? This cell's job is now to destroy the body. Cancerous cells, their job is to do what? Destroy the body. This abnormal mutation causes cells to divide uncontrollably and spread to other locations, causing a diseased state, suffering, pain, and even death. Normally, these cancerous cells are identified by the body's immunological system and destroyed. But sometimes, if the body is already compromised or weak, it becomes overtaken and destroyed. Now, there are many factors that cause a cell to become mutated and function outside its intended purpose. Now, exposure to radiation, chemicals, ultraviolet light, chromosome errors, or cancer-calling viruses of the DNA, all those things, okay, can cause a cell to become mutated and go rogue, okay? So, we can see how important it is for each cell to do its assigned job or role in order to ensure the health and survival of the body. Now, follow me now. So that means every living thing that include people, animals, plants, and microorganisms, all of them are made up of cells. Now, these cells have the job to continue the survival of the living species on this planet. Okay, again, again, as we can see, all living organisms are following their biological instincts to survive in order to continue living from generation to generation. I'm going to repeat that again. As we can see, all living organisms are following their biological instinct to survive in order to continue living from generation to generation. However, the human species has become like the rogue cancerous cell. We forgot somewhere along our evolutionary process that we are part of the Earth's ecological system. We are part of an earthly community of living organism and non-living things that's interacting with each other, you know, in our physical environment. Unfortunately, we have a group of human beings who are governing this planet who are not following the biological instinct to survive as a human family. They are polluting, destroying, contaminating, and killing the earth. We've reached an epidemic level of self-destruction. What are we witnessing on this planet now? We have environmental degradation, depletion of human resources, destruction of ecosystems, natural habitat destructions, massive extinction of animals and plants, genocide, enslavement, and imprisonment of the indigenous people of this planet, permanently altering the human body, destroying biological gender, genetically modifying our food supplies, 
mind control, mental indoctrination, sexual perversion, gender gender confusion, racism, sexism, classism, and all the other isms, hatred, and greed. It has to stop. We're dying as a species. Yes, we're dying. We're dying as a species. Now, moving forward, we must remember that we as human beings are part of the ecology of life. We must contribute to the well-being of the planet and ensure its survival. We must prioritize our roles and responsibility as contributors and protectors of this planet. We can't change the world or anybody else overnight. We have to take individual and collective action to transform our planet. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. However, the first step can start right now, this minute. We have to see it is our human instinct to survive and to be part of this planet. It is our human instinct to survive and be part of this planet. The first thing we can do is identifying everything that is creating a barrier to our survival as individuals, as a family, as a community, and as a nation. Again, the first thing is identifying everything that is happening in this world right now as we speak that is creating a barrier to our survival as individuals, families, communities, and as a nation. All right. Once you identify these negative traits, characteristics, behaviors, action, theories, beliefs, ideologies, doctrines, or system, it becomes your duty and responsibility not to support, promote, condone, or perpetuate these things anymore. Okay, yes, it's time for a change. We should focus on self-preservation, which includes a healthy mind, body, soul, and environment. We must focus on self-preservation and the survival of humanity. Now, some of the things that we need to prioritize and focus on Safety and security, okay? We have to be safe from domestic violence, from aggression, from war, from enslavement, human trafficking. We have to focus on our physical, mental, emotional well-being. So safety and security, anything that compromises our safety and security, we need to work on addressing to eliminate it. Financial security. Okay, we have to have a living wage. We have to develop an economic system that makes sure that there's a fair distribution of the world resources, that everybody can live comfortably. Everybody can have enough to live a comfortable life. There's no need to practice greed to any, any, through any of the economic systems. Okay, we have to make sure that we have affordable and sustainable housing. We have to make sure that we focus focus on environmental restoration. Make sure that we provide justice and equality for all, not just some, for all. We have to eliminate all forms of sexual violence to include pornography, molestation, sexual abuse, rape, and sexual slavery. 
We have to restore healthy, natural, chemical-free food. Okay, healthy agricultural practices. We have to restore healthy, natural, chemical-free food. Because whatever we're putting in our bodies, if it's not healthy, then it compromises our survival. We have to have a natural, clean, pollution-free environment, free from toxins and chemicals and poisons. All right. So we need to do all that. We need to start valuing the life of all human beings, regardless of their race, color, class, creed, education, status, or money. We have to value the life of all human beings. One group of human beings shouldn't have to beg for inclusion or beg, you know, to be considered to be, you know, as important as the next human being. We have to make sure that we value all human life. All human life must be valued. We need to stop promoting all negative behaviors that goes against nature and prevents procreation of our species. If we don't reproduce ourselves, we will die off. That's just against our natural instinct to survive. So we must evaluate all these factors, take them into consideration, and we need to evaluate Okay, all the things that we've been doing, all the things that we've been thinking, all the things that we've been feeling in order us to see if these things are in alignment with our natural human survival instinct. Do these things promote self-preservation? If they don't, we need to reconsider and change our behavior because if we don't change our behavior, we are compromising our human survival instinct. And if we don't correct these changes, we don't correct these things that need to be addressed, we will not survive as a human species. And in the moment while we are surviving, we will suffer the consequences. We will deal with all the negative impact. We will deal with all the disease, the pain, the suffering, the loneliness, the frustration, the powerlessness. We will deal with all these issues until we address it. And hopefully we don't wait until it's too late because we do pass on these traits to our children. So if we don't fix the problem right now, okay, we're going to allow these same issues to continue from generation to generation because we're not stopping them. We're going to be passing them on over and over again. Again, as part of the Know Thyself series, it's very important for you to understand what are your natural human instincts and what are they telling you to do to survive, to have a healthy and better life. Thank you for sharing this time and this moment.